Hi guys, this is Watching People Cook, MasterChef Season 10, Episode 16, NASCAR, and 17, Box in a Box in a Box. I'm Pepper Proxy. And I'm David, and you forgot the second half of the NASCAR episode title, which was Finish Line Feed. Oh yes, I'm sorry I forgot that. Um, so we start with the team challenge in the rain at a NASCAR event. Um, and it kicks off with three um, cars racing around the track. Um, there's an orange car, a blue car, and a red one. Guess who's in the orange car that finishes first? Of course it's Gordon Ramsay. Of course it's Gordon. And I can't, I don't know if Aron was in the blue or the red. And Joe I don't know was either. There. Well, it, and Joe was there too. It's immaterial. It is. They, yeah. were, they were patsies. <laughs> because they would never actually let them race. So they started Joe and Arone off in front of Gordon. Then they had them pull way to the side so that Gordon could go around them to pass. Well, here's my question. Because he didn't, like, force them into position like a NASCAR racer Well, would. here's my question. Do you feel like they filmed this race and that it's really Gordon, Joe, and Arone in the cars... And um, they were going like maybe 25 miles an hour and they just sped up the um, yes. tape. Yeah. Okay. That's and, what I thought. Well, and I want to say too, with, with these extended episodes, especially with this one, they've really uh, started to make the production more visible where um, it's more obvious that it's a TV show. Uh, because when they can edit them really tight, they edit out anything production related and it's straightforward. But like out here at the NASCAR track, they left in people saying things like they're getting started. Yeah. And, yeah. Because they have to been, fill the yeah, time. It hasn't been really edited that much. Um, what I was excited about was the contestants get to pick their own teams and during this, it was almost in, it was an interesting um, observation in social um, social behavior um, because everyone gravitates towards Jamie. Yes, um, and the to me this is an example of a soft power versus hard power. Yeah, because the two people that scream about being alphas and who are actually good cooks too, but who scream about being alphas are not the ones when it comes to a team challenge. One because I think Jamie's really good because uh, he's used to working with a crew of people, but also they're gonna um, grill outdoors. Well, wait, you said two people. I know Noah screams about being an alpha. Who else screams? Sarah. Okay. Well. She- Okay, I can see that. I don't think she is as boisterous about being an alpha as Noah. In fact, I think Noah screams about himself and Sarah being alphas. And Sarah's just like, okay. Um, So I know, and they have to make 100 plates um, for this team competition. I thought this episode was fantastic. I loved it. What I didn't love was the fact that Aron Sanchez looked pretty sad at the beginning of this episode. Well, um, I'm sure he had a bad association with racing from when he was a child. Uh, maybe, maybe that's what it is. I don't so know. So <laughs> the clouds start rolling in. Um, Aron says, that looks ominous. Um, and then it starts pouring. Not just raining. It is like storming. 
It's true. And um, I, all I could think about during that was how is NASCAR uh, champion Bobby LaBobby doing in the rain? I think he stayed dry because there were tons of piles of tires and oil barrels that were just kind of stacked up as though they were set dressing. Um, and I figured that they were kind of protecting them from the rain. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the middle of the driving, in the middle of the cooking, um, which we'll talk about the teams in a second, but in the middle of the cooking, I thought it was funny that they have all the drivers start racing around the track. And at that point, I was wondering, I was concerned about all the exhaust and how loud it was. And then, because, um, you know, I'm a little sensitive to sound. And Sherry also says, it's so loud, it's creating chaos. It's true. Um, but I want to remind you, that one of your favorite things at the Ohio State Fair was to get a pork sammy right next in the middle of all the uh, the pig pavilion. Well, I wouldn't eat it in the pig pavilion. Um, I would. We would get the pork sammy and then go someplace that was a little bit more quiet under a tree to devour that <laughs> delicious pork chop. Um, yay! We also get to see a rainbow on this. This episode. We do. It was lovely. And it was a reminder uh, that in the end, everything's going to be good. Everything will be good. Even when you see a double rainbow and the next day something very, very difficult happens in your life, which happened to, <laughs> happened to me almost five years ago, it was actually such a great, great, like, Change and right. the double rainbow was the beginning of something phenomenal for for us, um, but at the time it was it was very troubling, which maybe was the case for some of these cooks. It's true, and also ironic that a symbol of inclusivity would appear in the middle of a NASCAR episode. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to go into detail detail about the irony of that. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit more about the teams. So um, we have the um, one team is Jamie, Dorian, Sarah, and Micah. Sarah, Micah, and Suba. And um, Micah is the leader of that team, and mm-hmm. it's the red team. Um, and then the second team is Sherry, Bree, Noah, Nick, and Fred. And that's the blue team, and it's led by Sherry. And, and pretty obviously, the more experienced players suckered sherry and micah into being the leader of the team because um they if jamie was the one that they all wanted to be around jamie should have been the leader of the team but he wasn't well i do think that there might be some unspoken rules of the show that if you've already been a team leader you can't be a team leader again until everybody's had a chance that's what i think okay and um, Jamie was a team leader in the past. Um, Sarah was. Um, so I, I think that's the case more likely than there was some s- suckering happening. Then, then why not Suba? <laughs> why not Suba? Um, so once again, Gordon calls Micah a pot washer. And so at this point, Mike is like, okay, let's pump the brakes on this a little bit. He doesn't say that, but he says, yes, I might currently be a pot washer, but I've had other positions in a kitchen. Mm -hmm. So I feel like he's no longer like 
kind of trying to be like this ringer. He's trying to clarify he has had more experience. Even so, though we arrived on a bus. Oh, I know. At first, you know, I was pretty critical of him and his yeah. quote-unquote story, but I'm liking Micah now. My question about Micah, though, is I noticed he has a giant gold necklace, and I couldn't tell. At first, I thought it was a cross, and now I think it's maybe some type of bird or some kind of thing. So um, if any of you guys were able to check it out and see what that was around his neck, um, let us know. I think it was a phoenix rising from the ashes. Oh, maybe that's what it was. It could have been. I've never seen that necklace, but that's maybe what it was. Or it could be a Harley Davidson logo. Is that like a cross? I don't know. Oh. Okay, so um, we have... um, (laughs) Micah's team is making chicken polenta and some type of roasted carrots, um, which I thought that that was a good choice um, for for the NASCAR event and could be made in like large quantities, but it still looked good. I love the fact that Jamie worked so hard to manage Suba during the process. And he does it with kindness. And then he puts him on a task of chopping herbs. That they're not going to use. (laughs) Which I I think the term for that is busy work. (laughs) Jamie gave him some busy work. And then I think they ended up using the herbs because when the judges come around um, to do like a taste, a pre-taste, um, the team got good feedback. They did say that the, um, and they're, uh, the, aesthetically the plate looked great, but they did say it needed a little bit more flavor. And I do think later on they pull out Suba's herbs, don't okay. they? I don't know. Um, it's, and they also gave feedback that they needed fat, um, more fat in their polenta. But overall they got good feedback. They did. They that. got great feedback. Um, Aron even says good start to yeah. the team. Um, so, um, Jamie says Micah is a good leader because he listens to his team and, um, Micah has flashbacks, um, to when he worked in the fast food industry. Because because, of the long lines. Yeah, because of the lines and the pace. However, Micah does, uh, not listen to Jamie at one point during the cook. He didn't. And then it took Gordon Ramsay coming in and correcting him. Before he would listen to what Jamie actually said. And what was that? It was uh, whether or not uh, Sarah. Sarah should be taken off the chicken yeah. to do uh, help him plate and then switch it out. Because that chicken, she had trays and trays of chicken at various stage of doneness. And she was, the she only was person an excellent cook. Like she was doing the best job of the chicken. And she was the only one that knew the doneness yeah. of each tray of chicken. Yeah. So if Jamie had taken over, he would have literally had to have said to her, how, how done yeah. is this? How done is this? How done is this for it to keep going? So it, it was kind of fruitless. Whereas Jamie was primarily done with his, there's a lot of waiting in his. So he could have gone and helped with blading with without blading. much turbulence to yeah. their overall plan. But this is why or Suba I could have helped plate. Suba's so great at plating. <laughs> um, Suba, two hands, <laughs> two hands. How many times do I have to tell you, put the tray down? Oh my goodness, Suba. I just, oh. Um, but what I did love about Jamie in that 
in that moment was he was right. He knew he was right. But then he didn't, like, he did give Mike credit, and he didn't go on and, like, talk about how right he was, and Micah should have listened to him. He, he didn't do that. How he's the silverback gorilla of chicken. <laughs> I think he's probably, he, Jamie's analogy would maybe be more fish-related. Like, I'm the coho of the sea, or, or not the sea. <laughs> I'm the um, coho of the sea. Coho sea, isn't that what the salmon's called? Or I'm the, um, I'm the red... Um, red copper. I'm the copper river of the river because it's a fish. I'm the langoustine of shrimp. He is. He he is. So Doreen's on this team. She says, there's no stopping us. Um, we hear Sarah say, working with Suba is like working with my three children. Um, but she's so kind and she says, I need to remember everyone communicates differently, and Suba is a good cook. Yes. Um, As so, he's wandering around I, aimlessly in the kitchen, and they're all screaming at him that it, that's not sauce, it's olive oil. He just. <laughs> is that what? Did that happen at some point? Oh my goodness. He just. <laughs> it almost feels like Suba's ears, like he can't cook and hear at the same time. Well, what's interesting to me is he won't look at what what someone's talking to him about. Because most of the time, if someone said, if you look at this chicken, you can see it's not done. And he won't look at it. What does he look at instead? He, just, he usually turns around or he looks off to the side. Yeah. Like he's not focused on what yeah. they're actually talking about. And he just says, okay, okay. And he doesn't yeah. hear what they say. I and think he just disassociates. We talked about that in previous podcasts. You know? Yeah. Um, so they start to fall behind a little bit, and Aron says, I need hot chicken now. Um, and then this which, is not... Which he's also said to his lady friend. <laughs> I think he's maybe married. He was <laughs> married. I don't know if he still is, but maybe, perhaps. Perhaps it's him screaming, I need hot chicken now. I think that's kind of offensive. I don't think Aron would say that to his lady friend. Um, and he said, this is, they're the racers... Um, um, this is not a race, pointing to the people racing around the track loudly. Um, and then in the middle of that, Suba decides to crank up the oven and put the chicken in the oven and broil it. He's not even on the chicken station. He's not even supposed to be anywhere near the chicken, but this is what he decides to do on his own. Sarah has to say, keep your hands off my chicken. Which is what Aron's ex-lady friend said to him. I don't like this. I don't like this conversation. I don't like where it's going. We might have to cut that from the podcast. Aron is a gentleman. Stop. Stop, David. Um, so that's kind of what was going on in on their team. And so then over on Sherry's team, they decide to make crispy um, skin salmon potatoes, hercoverts, which we can call green beans, if that's easier. It is. Um, and out the gate, the judges are worried about the salmon skin. They're like, how are we gonna? How are you going to be able to make 100 portions of crispy salmon skin? Well, we've talked about this before, how they have certain dishes where if there's a, a visible component to the dish, 
that they make it seem like it's the most dangerous, weirdest thing in the world. Yeah. It's like the pasta that has the egg inside it, that if you cut into it, you can see it spread out. And there's a couple dishes they have like I that. I think that's called um, raviolo. Yeah. And or the, ovo. And or the doneness of meat, you know, is super hard for yeah. the same reason. And, you know, anything that you can visually see. So when they're like, oh, crispy skin, because then it gives them something to judge it by. Whereas if you did a hamburger, no judging. Yeah. Yeah. I guess the crust, maybe. I don't know. Um, so they get really good advice and great feedback um, for the judges tasting. Um, and their plate looked great. And the judges liked the way it tasted. They were just worried about the, sa- the salmon skin and they wanted a little bit more sauce. So initially, Nick and Noah work really well together at the start because they're on the protein station. Um, And then Fred is very precise with um, the hair covers. So precise so that, um, was it Gordon gave him some feedback? I think it was Joe who said, uh, you're not removing an appendix. (laughs) You use your fingers because he was treating it like it was a game of operation. He was adjusting (laughs) individual green beans on a plate with a pair of tongs. Do you think Joe came up with that um, quip on his own or do you think somebody said that in his ear? I don't know. Okay. I, maybe he came up with it on his loan. Um, maybe yeah. he maybe he had his appendix out recently. Yeah, maybe. It and was. they used tongs. <laughs> Stop them. They used tongs. <laughs> um, so the team also struggled with their potatoes. Um, These aren't the potatoes we were shown. No, they were more like boiled. Mush, mush, mush taters. Yeah, mush taters. So um, Bobby, um, Bobby Labat. Well, Bobby really liked their salmon, and that's the dish he decided to vote for. And Bobby LaBobby, the uh, NASCAR representative racer there, yeah, he had kind of a Dukes of Hazard vibe going about him. He seemed like a dude from that era. Late 70s, no question. Uh, I, what came through my mind, I didn't write it down, but I thought that... Um, the guys, what are they, the ones who ride the horses during the Kentucky Derby, the jockeys? I feel as though maybe horse jockeys and race car drivers have some similarities in do, their physique. Do tell. Just that I feel like the more successful um, athletes in those two professions are perhaps smaller in stature and packed with muscle. Should he change his name to Tiny Bobby LaBobby or Lil Bobby LaBobby? I don't really like how offensive this podcast has become. Lil Bobby, Lil Bobby. Okay, we're going to stop talking about this. Um, So, um, okay, so um, there are plates coming back from the the 100 plates um, because the salmon is um, undercooked. And then at this point, we get one of your favorite elements. That's right. Gordon Ramsay picks up some raw salmon and throws it in an empty oil drum. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it makes a bonging sound that Nom. resonates across the, the thunder and lightning strewn track. Yes. Um, <laughs> and then I thought it was so funny, they just left it there. So every time they went to show... Um, Sherry's team cooking, you could see like pink flakes of salmon on that that oil drum. Mm-hmm. So Sherry is struggling as the captain. 
I love her so much, I hate seeing her struggle. She says, remove the skin, bad decision. Then she says, put the skin back, keep the skin on because it's looking good. Um, and then at one point she said, the skin mean, mean, means nothing to me. Um, so then Gordon has to jump in and redirect. Um, and then it starts to come together. Yeah, it, I thought that was pretty dramatic. Uh, for this one. Although, I do have to say, I think Nick and Noah uh, bear some of the blame for her. Uh, even though they complained a little bit about it, it didn't seem like their system was that great. Uh, their system for cooking the salmon. Of course it wasn't, because Gordon had to come in. And once Gordon came in, he's like, Nick, you do 10 here, Noah, you do 10 there, and then you do the next 10. Every piece of salmon after that turned out really well. It was so crispy and ended up being Bobby LaBobby's favorite dish. <laughs> As you said, and I have to say, I know this man who is like a very well-known, very popular driver. His name is not Bobby LaBobby. I'm just saying I know that. I'm, t- I'm removing you know, myself you, from do you. Do you know what his name is? Bobby LaBobby. With a V, I'm pretty sure we have to, we're going to have to look it up. So anyway, um, during the debrief after all the cooking, Sherry totally takes accountability for the team's mistakes, which I always like that. But overall, it seemed like the judges were pretty happy with the dishes. Yeah. Um, I love that they they like cut to Bobby. Um, and he's casually leaning against his car like Keith Morrison from a Dateline ep- date, date he episode. He is. He's perched. Yeah, I loved that. Um, so they have Bobby pop into his car to reveal who wins. Um, and so he starts doing spin-outs. I think that's what it's called. And then we see pink smoke coming from the tailpipe. And I think that it was supposed to be red. Um, but <laughs> it ended up being pink. So Micah's team wins. So another symbol for inclusivity. Oh my goodness. Yes. Um, so then I, then I wrote, Suba lives to see another day? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Which leads us almost directly into the judging. Eve, the elimination challenge. Well, first... Um, we get Noah giving a really fake, angry speech. Um, he also kind of starts to throw Sherry under the bus when they're back in the Master Chef kitchen. But we get a twist. Um, before we go to the next evening's episode, um, Micah gets great feedback from the judges. And also, they say he gets a great advantage. I don't see how this is really an advantage for Micah. But he gets to put somebody up from his own team for the elimination challenge. Duh, duh, duh. It's a cliffhanger. So then we go to the next night, which is the elimination challenge. It's called Box in a Box in a Box. And we return from the cliffhanger. And what do we hear from Micah? Well, he says he's not going to put a good person up. So he's going to put the worst person on his team much, which is Suba. Yeah. Because he doesn't really consider Suba competition. Yeah. He says he doesn't want to punish somebody for being good. 
So, so poor so Suba is going to have to cook again in an elimination challenge. And all I can say is, when are these people going to learn? Suba struggles on team challenges. He struggles with communication. But if he's just cooking, he's okay. He creates a lot of tension, and you almost like worry he's never going to make it, but he pulls it out. Right. In a team challenge, Suba don't. Individually, Suba do. Yeah, and for <laughs> Suba do. <laughs> We've talked about Scooby Doo a couple times, I think, on this podcast. I like it. Um, Fred says he's going to go at it gladiator style. Like lions. Oh, yeah, that's right. I missed the lion part. Um, so they opened the mystery boxes, and Noah is totally bummed because once again, it's a langoustine. Um, which is just another, it's a type of really fancy giant shrimp. And I think it's from the Gulf Coast. It's the um, lobster of shrimp. It is, yeah. Um, and we he- get to hear about his allergies again. Which um, are, are real. <laughs> absolutely. It's almost, he's, I don't know. Um, yeah, poor, poor Noah, even though he's irritating, poor Noah. Well, he even says it seems like someone's got it out for me because they like <laughs> he's in the top ten now and they keep yeah. bringing out those those shellfish yeah. that he has to work with. Okay, at this point, I know we might run a little long, but do you want to recommend um, uh, advice column? Um, oh, that Ask Polly? Yeah. Yeah, that was a good one. It, that one, uh, it was a... An advice column. I can't, I think it was New York Magazine's advice column, uh, The Cut, and uh, Ask Polly. And she got a letter, which a couple of advice columnists got the same letter, about uh, a woman who was uh, deathly allergic to mushrooms in the same sense where she could go into anaphylactic yeah. shock. It wasn't just a preference. She just was, right. they she, could kill her. Yeah, she needed an EpiPen hospital if she eats them. Uh-huh. Like, it's a, it's a, it's a big deal. And uh, her in-laws refused to serve meals at their house that did not in some way include mushrooms. And not just, like, you can't eat it because it's mushroom stew, but, like, putting uh, mushroom powder into mashed potatoes. Like, sneaking it into the mashed potatoes. And it sounds like they did not really... They weren't a mushroom-forward family Mm-mm. prior to learning about this woman's allergies. I did hear how read, however, that the, um, that the mushroom powder is from Trader Joe's, and they sell it as umami powder. Yeah. And uh, so it's more more common than you would think because people for the phrase mushroom powder a lot of the people who read it were like what the hell well i've made mushroom powder with those dried mushrooms from costco and i've used it in my beef dishes and you love i mean it's so tasty oh yeah yeah, yeah. and i'm i'm not allergic to mushrooms so that was not cruel of you to do that but in this case (laughs) in this case they know that this woman can go into shock and then at another point uh, it seemed like they, they made a salad and then they just made a tray of sliced mushrooms that they passed around. And uh, after the woman got pregnant, her husband said, we can't go over to your house anymore unless you... To can, his parents. To your parents anymore, unless you guys guarantee that there's no mushrooms But in it the was food. his parents, not Correct. her parents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, her, the in-laws. Yeah. Her in-laws. And you can't go over to your house anymore unless there's no... Mu- you guarantee there's no mushrooms in the food. And the father wrote back, um, 
that they weren't going to change what they ate for one person. Yeah. So, I mean, it goes on and Polly's response is great, but highly recommend um, seeking that um, column out because it was was a fascinating um, story of... Yeah. What was what did we say that be like we're not psychologists, but no, it, it seemed like that the sociopathic behavior. Yeah, yeah. But it was very interesting too. Um, I would recommend if you do read it to read um, some of the longer comments because yeah. there were some interesting there were some interesting things there, and I'm also wondering if uh, Noah's in laws serve uh, shellfish at every meal. I doubt it. I'm I'm not sure if he's married or has a partner, but I wouldn't think so. I mean, it's tough to think that your your um, partner's family is trying to kill you. Yeah. Um. Or or even make you sick. That's tough. Um. So anyway, back to the show. Um. So um. So they have the three second, ingredients. Yeah. That they have to cook with. Yeah. Filet mignon. Yep. Giant truffle, fresh truffle, and the langoustine. Yeah. And they all have to be incorporated into a dish. Yeah. And Gordon says that this these are the best ingredients in the world. Um, and then Gordon gives them a demo and shows them all um, how he would use these three ingredients. Um, and Noah says it's better than the internet, watching Gordon live, which, duh. Um, Fred says it's out of his wheelhouse and it doesn't sound like he's really confident. He also says, this is the hardest challenge in MasterChef history. Which is just a dumb thing to say. It's a dumb thing to say because it's not. No. And then we have Brie, um, saying that watching Gordon is like watching a concert pianist play the piano. And the part that I really loved was Dorian and Sarah are up in the balcony and it looks like they want to jump down and take a bite of Gordon Ramsay's plate. My favorite part was Gordon Ramsay said, don't do what I did, but I don't mind you copying some of my... Yeah, <laughs> my, don't copy it exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but don't make Taiwanese noodles. <laughs> That's foreshadowing. Um, so Aron shouts to them. Let's work like professionals. Clean up your stations. I just, I've been loving Arone this entire season. Um, so let's jump into the contestants. Fred makes Taiwanese noodles from scratch. They looked great, but he kind of struggles. He pops his filet in a cold pan. Which boils it. He served boiled raw filet. Um, he wants to make an elevated version of a Chang family dish. So I'm assuming that's his family surname. Um, he was very nervous. Um, lots of different flavors too. Um, the judges loved his noodles, um, but they kind of felt like there was a missing sauce and he ends up on the bottom. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so Sherry, I was surprised she pulls out porcini mushrooms, um, to, and I think they were dried porcini mushrooms to like coat her filet. And I, I, at first I was like, 
whoa, you have truffle. Why are you bringing in porcini too? But it seemed to it seemed to work okay for her. She did make an error. She wants to make a carrot puree, so she pulls out the pressure cooker, which I love a good pressure cooker. I have five. Hmm. <laughs> But she burns the carrots and makes the wise decision to leave the puree off the well, plate. Well, she used baby carrots, which was her mistake. Yeah. They cook in like, you don't need a pressure cooker no. for a baby carrot. I mean, no. come on. Um, she makes a truffle or butter that didn't necessarily melt the way she wanted it on her on filet. But she makes a wise decision to do a wild rice and pea pilaf. Um uh, Gordon, during the like visits, he asks her why she doesn't ha- why she didn't hand over her captain co- um, coat to somebody else during um, the earlier challenge, and she co- she comes in really hard on herself. I did not like seeing that. That's yeah. She I just mean, made a mistake. She made a mistake. I know. Um, and so, now she hasn't cooked beef in ten years. Yeah, because of her family. They don't eat beef, and her family before that, like, their beef served, like, hockey pucks. Oh, yeah, when she was growing up, when she was a teenager. Yeah, so she's never had good beef, uh, beef associations. For Minnesota, her Minnesota cooked beef. Um, So, um, Joe says it's so good. Yeah. Um, I think he really enjoyed the pilaf. Um, Aron says her um, langoustines are great. Um, they missed the sauce a little bit. And then Gordon says she cooks with gravitas. Nice. Yeah. Which kind of means like weight and, um, importance. Um, so she's safe and gets to go up to the balcony, which I was totally relieved. So then Nick makes, um, uh, black truffle crusted filet and tries to his... A stab at molecular gastronomy. I know. It seems like a giant error on his part. He was trying to make uh, brown butter dust. (laughs) And the one mistake about that is if you have a color in the name of what you're trying to make and it's not that color, it's kind of unappealing. Especially when it looks like there's white... It's like white cornstarch on your plate. Yeah, it looked like he had just sprinkled clumpy flour on there and called it brown butter dust. And Joe said it didn't taste like anything, but I noticed he ate like four spoonfuls of it. I think he was, like, to Joe's defense here, I think he kept going back because he's like, I can't taste it. It doesn't taste like anything. He was trying to find the flavor. Um, Jamie says it looks like Nick went to Harvard for flavor, though. Mm-hmm. Um, I did like that he added some um, fennel. Um, I thought that was smart. His plate looked gross to me, um, but he did a good job on cooking the filet. Um, it was okay. Yeah. He's safe. Yeah. But he could have done better. Sure. Um, if he had gone to Yale for flavor, maybe he would have succeeded more. <laughs> What if he went to Ohio State University for flavor? Oh, that's that's a uh, up in the air. Yeah, that's a whole different story. So um, Noah sears the fillet and butter poaches the langoustine with tarragon. And I gotta say, pulling out that tarragon was a great idea. I love tarragon, especially with shellfish. It's it's underappreciated herb. It's so good. Every time I put tarragon in anything I cook for us, 
you love it. Yeah. It kind of has a little bit of a licorice flavor, but not too much. Um, I also really appreciate the fact that Aron and Joe, when they're going around to do like the check-ins with the contestants, um, they help Noah with the langoustine because of his allergy. Yeah. And they really jump in and help him. They shell it for him, which yeah. I love that. It didn't feel like that was too much of an advantage. No. I think they were just trying to save the man's life. <laughs> and if, I'm sure if they had uh, asked the other contestants, the other contestants would have been fine with that, too. Yeah, they were. They would have been fine. And they even teased that Noah, he runs back to the pantry. And they all start laughing because his giant flat feet make kind of like this weird flapping sound. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sounds like he's wearing flippers at the side of the pool. Yeah, right? So um, uh, Gordon says um, he did a good job with the langoustine poach. The filet is a little too seared on the exterior, but the dish overall is delicious and Noah is safe as well. So Brie makes filet, um, poached shrimp, and truffled palm puree, but she doesn't put any of the truffle actually into the potatoes. She only poached the truffles in the cream that she was going to put in the potatoes it seemed kind of weird and complicated she also makes another puree of peas yeah that seemed weird to me and then in the middle of the cook she accidentally throws her puree puree away in they have tubs for like bussing tubs. yeah bussing tubs she puts that in the bussing tub and i couldn't really capture if she it was on top, so she just, just pulled it top. out, or she had to remake it? No, it was just on top. Okay. She had a big stack of stuff on Okay. It. She so, just basically, it's like setting a pot in another pot and then picking it back up. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. Um, especially since the last episode, Joe actually pulled something out of the trash. Can't remember what it was, but when I had... Pasta. It was pasta in the trash. Um, so, her filet is great, but she's totally missing truffle in her dish, it's crazy because they're like, we give you a, tr-. They, I, and I think they gave them each like a giant truffle, which I think they're like hundreds of dollars worth of truffle and they can't taste it. Um, so she's on the, in the bottom with her best friend, Fred. That's true. And, but I do want to say Joe called the truffle an ugly little flavor bomb. <laughs> I kind of like that. Well, I think that might be, well, never mind. He said that they also taste like dirt. Yeah. But I guess they taste earthy. I don't think they taste dirt. I, I like the way truffles taste, so... But we like beets, too. Oh, people yeah. say People say that beets taste like dirt. I think beets taste more like dirt or earth than truffles, but I do like both of those flavors. So um, next we go on to Suba, and I don't know if you noticed this, but he dumped green beans into the lang- langoustine when he's cooking it. Yeah. That was kind of weird, right? Yeah, it was confusing. But he does get some feedback during the check-ins about how important the truffle is. Um, he makes a cilantro sauce or crusts his langoustines with cilantro. I could not follow his dish. He yeah. changed it up so many times. I do know he was going to use some very strong Indian spice in it. Yeah. And they talk him out of it. Yeah. And he listens. Well, mostly because I think the judges just don't want to taste it. 
back. <laughs> like, please, so, no. Sometimes they're like, we think that would be a mistake, and then they kind of don't push it, because they're like, yeah. well, if it goes through. But this one, they were like, oh, that's we're not have to smart. that. Yeah. So, one of my favorite things about watching Super Cook was Dorian is up in the balcony. She's encouraging Suba. She says, come on, sweetie. Um, get it on the plate. And then when it's done, she says, way to go, Suba. And it's with pure um, support. And she is so authentic with her encouragement. And I love that because it feels like they've gotten past when they had to um, cook together. And when I was very, very disappointed in Dorian just because she got so emotional. Like, I just love this woman. I love her so much. One of my favorites. Um, so he cooked his filet in balsamic vinegar, but nobody says anything about that. Yeah. So maybe it was good. I think it was a balsamic vinegar reduction something. Oh, maybe that's what it is. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I said, it was confusing. Yeah. So I, I'm going kind of going off what they, they said. I... I don't understand. I was so confused. Then he pulls out white asparagus like and green beans. It was get, like crazy. I get the herbed butter on the oh, sure. filet mignon, but yeah. in cooking it, why would you put anything but salt and pepper on it? Like, oh, maybe some aromatics like thyme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But butter, I'm just, mean, but you know yeah. what I'm saying though is it's like. It's like, I. that's why I was saying, like, the herb butter is fine. And truffles, because yeah. you have truffles. But I'm saying, like, when you were actually cooking you it. You wouldn't. You put the salt and pepper on, yes. you sear, you sear, and then yeah. you could do, like, Gordon Ramsay and finish it with like, butter and, and baste herbs. it, yeah. Yeah, and, it was weird. <laughs> but I don't know. So the judges um, like his plating so much, they say, did you secretly have Brie plate this for you? And he kind of looks like he got caught and then laughs and gets the joke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so the judges like his dish and he's safe. Yeah. Um, so I was really bummed out with this elimination. Because Fred's goes? Fred goes, yeah. So we see tears from Brie because it's Brie and Fred in the bottom. And just just this episode, we learned they're best friends in the competition. Um, we can tell that Brie is really crying. Normally, I'm like not about the tears. I'm about the tears a little bit because you need to be able to express your emotions. Um, but sometimes it seems like they're crocodile tears. We can tell they're really um, genuine tears because her nose gets all red. Um, and then at the end, when they're saying goodbye to Fred, Gordon kind of is a little bit shady to Fred, I thought, because Gordon says, um, you're a very talented baker and you have nothing to fear. And then our recording stopped. So we didn't hear the rest. That's true. Yeah. Football season started. So they delayed our, our show. Yeah, the football season did start up. <laughs> so but we don't even know what's going to happen next week. No, and I'm I am happy that Fred left with sleeves on. Oh, Fred. I loved him. I loved Fred. He was one of my He's favorite sweet. contestants. Fred Chang, we found out. So, Fred, all the best to you. Um, you're a very, very nice man. I hope your dreams come true of opening your bakery. Um, maybe you could even go out on your own and open it uh, by yourself. You perhaps don't need to with your parents um but next week it's going to be a surprise for us all what's on master chef awesome <laughs> bye everybody bye